Hey, I want to thank you so much for joining us for our special Good Friday service. I want to let you know that during this service, we're actually going to have communion together. So I want to give you a minute to get what you need to grab for that. Uh, the elements, uh, bread, crackers, juice, or wine. Um, but I am so excited about this message, and I'm so grateful that you would take the time to celebrate this with us. It's Good Friday. Thank you again for joining us. If you think about the words Good Friday, 2,000 years ago, if you were in the moment, what was going down, those two words together, they make no sense, Ava. Zero sense. It's like, and you know how words are like that sometimes? Like jumbo shrimp, okay? It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Reality, TV, I mean, homeschool, you know that doesn't go together. You know that doesn't go together. Ava, it's like the hamster that you had to have two and a half years ago, remember him? Bubbles. That made no sense. He didn't swim. He didn't even like water. He barely drank water. And actually, he wasn't real bubbly either, to be honest with you. Uh, in two and a half weeks, he was, uh, he was dead. So just make a note. You don't want us to watch your pets. I'm just saying. And now Jake wants a, tur a tortoise. Is that right? A tortoise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a tortoise. We'll probably name him Flash or Turbo. But anyway, Good Friday, it doesn't make sense. And it didn't go together. But that's what we're unpacking. And... Uh, I want to encourage you, even before I get going here, this story really started a week ago on Palm Sunday, the Sunday before what's coming, which is Easter. So by chance, if you haven't seen the message from last Sunday, I want to encourage you, go back and watch it. Go to our YouTube channel, go to our website. But, but we, we started with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. He's the center of the procession and people are praising his name. It was the, it was it was just the way you think it should be for a king. But things changed so quickly. And all the way through the journey, well, where we concluded was he was crowned a king. Not for real, but really as a joke, as a mockery. They would crown him king of the Jews. They gave him a crown of thorns. Not because they thought he was a true king, but because it was in mockery. They said, if you're the king of the Jews, we'll make you a king. And they give him a crown that digs into his scalp. He, he starts to bleed and he starts to go down a road, a road that brings us to today. And Jake, my helper, has been unpacking eggs throughout this journey. So Jake, let's unpack the next one and see where the journey takes us. What do you got? Nails. Nails. The nails that form a cross. So Jesus, this is where we pick up the story on this Good Friday. Is And we're, I'm, I want to teach you out of the book of John. John... Um, John had a front row seat to what's going down. Just know that. Every other disciple at this point, they're gone. They might be watching from afar. They might be in a cave or behind a building checking it out, but they're nowhere to be found um, that we can see because John's the only one who's at the foot of the cross and he's an eyewitness. And this is what John says. I, I'll, I'll pick this up in John 19. Ava, you ready for this? To show him some scripture. John 19 verses 16 through 18. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. I'll give you a second. All right. So, so they took Jesus away. Remember, they just crowned him. They've taken him away. Carrying the cross by himself, John writes, he went to a place called the place of the skull. In Hebrew, that means Golgotha. There they would nail him to the cross. Two others, two criminals were crucified with him. One was on his right. And one was on his left with Jesus 
in between. What's crazy, when you look at all the Gospels collectively, because it, it's, it's the story told by four different guys from four different angles, that's what makes it so beautiful. But if you look at them all together, Jesus spoke seven different times on the cross. And the first words Jesus speaks, check this out, weren't even recorded by John. Luke recorded them. The first words. Now, if I would think about this, here's Jesus, the guy that's never done anything wrong, the guy that's never hurt anybody. All he did was love. All he did was serve. All he did was heal. Here's Jesus. What do you think he would say to the people that just stapled him to a tree, that just, that just whipped him and beat him and spit on him? The first words he speaks, it blows me away what he says. I want to give you just a picture of Luke, what Luke said in, in Luke uh, 23, verse 34. Because I want you to know the first words he speaks on this night. Father, forgive them. Okay, I'm going to say that again because it's almost unbelievable. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The first words our Lord and Savior speak isn't, why are you doing this? Isn't, what have you done? Isn't, what, why are you hurting me? Why are you killing No, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The picture of the love of the Father. This, this is maybe the, one of the most impactful, scandalous statements that Jesus would ever make. See, I, I love Jesus, but, but I'm just going to be straight with you. When it comes to forgiveness, and maybe you can relate, sometimes it's the very thing that we as Christians will withhold from people. And uh, Ava, it's hard, isn't it? You know how you like, you like, you don't like people touching your stuff, right? True. So think about like Jake, that, that Jake, that time that Jake grabbed your hairbrush, your favorite one, and he scratched his butt with it. <laughs> Wait, you didn't know. <laughs> okay. She didn't know that. Anyway. So if, let's pretend that happened. If that happened, <laughs> Ava, <laughs> focus, focus. Ava would have a difficult time forgiving. It, those words blow me away. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Family, right, Ava? <laughs> Sorry. Um, speaking of family, Jesus' mom was at the cross with John, standing right there. So as Jesus would speak those words over the people, and as the people would mock Jesus and crucify him, there's his mother standing at the foot of the cross, hearing Jesus ask God, his father, to forgive them. Can you... You know what's crazy about this story with Mary, Jesus' mom? The first time we're introduced to Mary in the Gospel of John, it's in the second chapter. Do you know, do you know where it is? It's at, a, it's at a wedding. It's at a wedding that Jesus is at, and his mother is there too. In fact, it's the first miracle that Jesus ever did. Do you know the first miracle? Oh, he turned water into wine. Okay, I did not even prompt him for that. That's impressive. He t that is when Jesus turned water into wine. And all God's homeschool teachers said, amen, right? I mean, it's, so Jesus does this miracle and his mother is there witnessing it. And this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. Think about it. They're at a wedding, a place of newness, a place of, of a, a new life, a fresh start. And now she stands at the foot of the cross, not, 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 not with new life, but a life ending, waiting to bury her son. His mom was there. His mom saw it all. And in that, I can't help but think, we've labeled it Good Friday. 
and we know it's a Good Friday. But if you would tell Jesus' mom it's Good Friday, I think she'd take offense. I think she'd look at maybe Jesus up on the cross with blood flowing from him. Uh, Jesus up on the cross barely being able to breathe, struggling to inhale, struggling to exhale. And Jesus on the cross literally suffocating for six hours. Did you know that? Six hours. Like he was crucified at nine o'clock in the morning. And he would hang on a cross for six hours until three in the afternoon. That's what John, his, one of his closest disciples wrote. So in John 19.30, this is what it says. These are the last words. I gave you the first words. Now I want to give you the last words that Jesus speaks. He says, it is finished. Then Jesus bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. And the moment that Jesus would give up his spirit, I'm here to tell you something. The disciples, the followers, his mom, they would give up hope. The hope was gone in that moment. And they would tell you that there's nothing good about Good Friday. That's what they would say. If we were in the moment, that's what we would say too. Because you know why they would say that? Because they knew that their friend, their Lord, their teacher, their Messiah, their Savior was dead. And there was no questioning it. And if you would question it, well, let's just put the nail in the coffin, can we? Jake, what's the last one we have for tonight? Got? The spear. The spear. Yeah. Well, this would seal the deal. I mean, it was already done. I'll give you some scripture that show you it was already a done deal. But this, well, let's see what John says. Ava, we pick it up in John 19, verse 32. Right? Type, I'm ready. Type, I need you to type in the comments, I'm ready. Here we go. John 19, verse 32. We got it? Yes. Awesome. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, listen to this, they saw he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs, by the way, fulfilling a prophecy from hundreds of years earlier that said not a bone in the Savior's body would be broken. One of the soldiers, however, took the spear and pierced the side of Jesus. Immediately, blood and water flowed out from our Lord. It was done. It was done before the spear went in him. But it's like God is saying, for those of you that might doubt, for those of you that just might think that he either passed out from the pain or that for somehow he just, it was a near-death experience. It's like God is saying, he is dead. It was over. And, 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 and blood and water, listen, I'm no doctor, um, though I have gone to WebMD and diagnosed myself before, but and don't act like you haven't. But I... I the water and the blood, I've heard uh, medical people talk about that. They say that obviously the sack around the heart was pierced and the heart itself was pierced for it to pour out like that. So, but again, it's neither here nor there. He was dead. And, and you know it. And I know it. We know it. John writes about it. And he was there and he saw it. And know this, when Jesus stopped breathing, everyone, say everyone, type everyone. Everyone means Everyone. everyone. That's right. It's every, everyone stopped believing. Everyone. Even his mom. And I'll show you that we'll, we'll, on Easter. We'll talk more about that. 
But when he stopped breathing, everyone stopped believing. So again, for the followers of Jesus and everyone there that day, there was nothing good about this Good Friday. Nothing. In fact, it was, it was the worst day in the world for them, which makes it ironic. And I should probably give you the title of today's message. The title of today's message is Something Good. I need you to type that in the comments right now. Something good. And you might be thinking, how can something good come from something so bad? I'll guarantee you they were thinking that. In fact, they weren't thinking anything good was ever going to come from that. I, I can promise you that. But the title is called Something Good. And they were shocked at what they were seeing. But my question is, should they have been shocked? Think about it. A few hours earlier, they would sit with Jesus at the Last Supper. Remember, that just took place on that Thursday night, just literally hours before. And they sat with Jesus. And what did he keep telling them? What did he keep reminding them? This shouldn't have been a shock to them. They shouldn't have been so um, blown away by what they were seeing, but they were. But yet in Mark, and this is the last scripture I have for you. In Mark, Jesus said it. And he told them this over and over. For I, the Son of Man, for I, even the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve others. And here we go. And give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, this is why he came. And he told him that over and over and over. Even in the Gospel of Matthew, he told him multiple times, I will die, but three days later. I will die, but three days later. And that last supper that they had before Jesus died, he was, he was not only telling them, he was showing them. He showed them with the bread. He showed them with the drink. And I think this is the perfect time for you and I to commune together, to reflect and remember what Jesus did on this Good Friday, on this Friday that wasn't a Good Friday that day, but today, fast forward, because we know the end of the story. And I think this is a perfect time for you and I to share communion together. So I want to invite my wife, Jody to come over. And Jesus, remember, he is teaching, he's showing, he's modeling. And this is a few hours before, before he is crucified. And he, it says it this way. It says, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. Okay, representing what? His body. He took the bread. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces. He, and, and they would have shared it. And they would have broken. Each, would, each of them would have had a piece for themselves. Go ahead and take what you have for bread. And he says, this is my body. The body that will soon be on the cross. This is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember what I'm telling you. Remember the sacrifice that's going to take place in just a few hours. Let's eat the bread and do this in remembrance of him. Go ahead and eat. Right after that, it says that they took the cup in the same way. They took a cup of wine after supper and Jesus himself said, this is the cup of a new covenant. That is key. You, you should type the word new into comments right now. That's how big that is. A new covenant. Now it's a covenant directly between us and God. There was a barrier called sin, but because of what Jesus is about to do, we have this new covenant. It's so huge. We'll talk more about that on Easter.
a new covenant confirmed by my blood, the blood that they just saw poured out, the blood that ran down the cross, the blood that soaked into the ground, confirmed by my blood. Do this. He's telling them again. What's he saying? Remember. Remember what I'm telling you. They forgot, but he's saying, remember. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you go ahead and drink the cup? How many times did Jesus tell him what, what, what he would do? How many times did Jesus say, I'm going to die in three days later? I'm going to die in three days later. Do this in remembrance of me. Yet, the disciples, maybe like you and I, I know like me, they were short-sighted. He just got done speaking it to them. And now, he, he's modeled what he told them, and all hope is lost. I don't know about you, but I get short-sighted. Sometimes I look at the problems going on in my life or in our family or in our struggles and I think to myself, this is too big, it's too overwhelming, it's too much for me to handle. And, and, and I forget about the promises of God, which by the way are way bigger than the promises that we face. And the promises to God were true to them, just like they're true for you and I. But, they're so, but the problem they're facing, it was big. It was their Lord and Savior dead on a tree and they couldn't get beyond it. They couldn't understand it. I wrote it this way. I want to read it just the way I wrote it. Even though they were going through something bad, God was leading them to something good. Say something good. Say something good. It was tremendously bad what they were going through. And just like, I think we can relate to this right now, can't we? I mean, you and I, I know something we have in common. There's one bad thing that we're going through, that we're all going through, this whole coronavirus deal. I don't think there's anybody out there that would say that this is good. Now, I believe that God can do some good things in it, but nobody would say that it in of itself is good. I mean, I just spoke to a woman this week who just got done going to a funeral for her best friend who died from addiction. I just talked to a woman the other day who is going through depression and, and, and dealing with self-harm. I mean, I'm dealing with, people are going through isolation. People are lonely. People are struggling. But I came to tell you something. Do not give up. Don't give up because something good is coming in your depression. Don't give up. Something good is coming in that isolation, in that loneliness, in that anxiety. Something good is coming. Oh, and speaking of darkness, I should have mentioned this. Remember how I told you that uh, Jesus was crucified at nine in the morning, died six hours later at three in the afternoon? Well, a miracle took place. And at the halfway point at noon, in the middle of the day, when the sun would, would almost be at its brightest, everything went dark. Everything. And there sits Jesus on the cross. And it's almost like nature itself is mourning what is going on on that cross. And this is when Jesus, a few hours later at three o'clock, would breathe his last breath and utter those words. Do you remember what they were? The last words? It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and his spirit left him. And it was dark. And some of you, and you know who you are, you're in a place that is dark, an area, something in your life 
And I just want you to know something. I came here to tell you. It's in those dark places. It's in those dark moments when God's light shines the brightest. Something good is coming.